When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson and you're listening to Grillin' JR with the voice of wrestling. The Hall of Famer himself, good old Jim Ross. Jim, how are you, man? I'm good, Conrad. Good. Been busy. Been busy. Had a... AEW business is always uh, good, positive. We're growing and uh, have some pretty good product. I love what we did in Chicago uh, for our pay-per-view. But that was a very good effort by everybody. Hard work uh, cures a lot of issues. So we still have our critics. We still have people that uh, you know can't believe that we're featuring guys that are not giants. But uh, you know the audience decides who's great more often than not. And, uh, so our audience likes our guys and I think that's cool. You know, uh, there's always been a pushback on the size of Darby Allen, not with me. I think he's a stud. I think he's going to be a big star. He reminds me of Jeff Hardy. There's a lot of Jeff Hardy in, in Darby Allen. And that's a good thing, uh, by and large. Uh, I, I think, uh, Sammy Guevara is going to be special. So we're, we're doing good. You know, uh, I thought the pay-per-view, you know, we, you and I talked about it was, we both enjoyed the show, and uh, what was your, what what stuck out in that show most to you? Well, you know, a lot of people are talking about the tag match being as good as they've seen, and I, being one of those guys, uh, Page and Omega and the Bucks killed it. That was one of the best tag team matches that I've ever ever seen, and certainly I don't know if I've ever called a better uh, executed one. What do you think? Yeah, I loved it. I thought it was really really great. Uh, we got to see. Uh, that next level, uh, performer with Kenny Omega in a tag match, which is, uh, not usually his forte, but man, quite a run. He's tear. He's on a tear with uh, hangman Adam page and really enjoyed that. Love the storytelling and the buildup for Cody and MJF. And, uh, I think, uh, the surprise for me was, was how just hot right out of the gate, Sammy Guevara and Darby Allen were those guys went out to steal the show and. They set the tone for one hell of a show, man. Probably one of the best pay-per-views of the year. Yeah, and uh, I'll tell you something else that was a sleeper on that card. The Orange Cassidy pack match. Oh, yeah. Two different styles, uh, without a doubt. But, boy, those cats delivered in a big, big way. I was proud of both of them. And for all the naysayers about uh, Darby Allen, look, you know, it, it, the wrestlers are charged to change their personas and to create new, to be unique, to be different, and to be marketably different. Uh, and so what we found, we've discovered that, number one, uh, Orange Cassidy is different. He is marketing himself differently. 
he's got a different in-ring style and what he did in the match under the, under his presentation rules, hands in pockets, taking it easy, chilling, uh, you know, being cool, uh, was nothing short of extraordinary. How this guy does what he does with his hands in his pockets is amazing to me. The only thing I've ever been accused of keeping my hands in my pockets is that I actually had the bottoms cut out of my pockets and I was playing pocket pool. Uh, but he's a, he's a stud man. Uh, he, and he's got it. So I feel badly for those that criticize him because, uh, they're based on, on size only or on this. He's got a different presentation that they haven't seen. That's not really fair to the talent. And I have to admit when I first saw orange Cassidy, uh, my old school self said, well, that kid's never going to get over. It's too bad. He seemed like a nice young man and I was wrong. And I don't mind admitting I'm wrong when I'm wrong. And I was wrong on orange Cassidy. He's a fine guy. He's a good pro and, uh, he's got a different act. So what the hell, what are we, are we starting to dissect, uh, pro wrestling acts now? Well, that comedian was as funny as the other comedian. Well, that, that actor was not as dramatic as the other actor. Really? It's goddamn pro wrestling folks. Come on. I think I've told Don't- you before that one of my, uh, my sort of barometers, the measuring stick at my house is does Megan like it? Megan's seen everything in wrestling and doesn't like most of it. It's just not something she enjoys. And when she saw orange Cassidy, I was like, Hey, you gotta see this. She thought it was the fucking coolest thing ever. And so if Megan's into it, it's usually a good indicator that it's going to be a big deal. Another one of her favorites is uh, Darby Allen. And she yep. had a different comparison than you did when you compared him to Jeff Hardy. She said, Oh, well, this is like the more modern era sting. And I said, hmm. what? And she said, well, I mean, all the kids love him and he's got the face paint and he's got the blonde hair. And whereas sting was the surfer guy, this is the skater guy. And he's got the big fancy moves. Yeah. This is a W sting. And I never drew the correlation, but hard to argue with her comparison, I guess. No, I think she's got some good points. It's good to hear those points too. Uh, <clears throat> nobody's, you know, this, all this stuff is subjective, right? It's an opinion. Uh, so, you know, it's like you saying, well, <clears throat> pardon me, uh, Alabama is the greatest football program in college football history. Well, you might get an argument about that in, in South Bend or, or, you know, Ann Arbor or, or whatever, you know, everybody's got their Norman, everybody's got their favorites, uh, in, in that respect, but it's just, it's subjective. And at least, uh, what we're talking about, uh, can go on national titles and games won. These guys are in a performance art. Mm-hmm. So it's very subjective. There's wins and losses count on TV, but they're not documented on, on major media. So, uh, I, it gives me less cause to put a big issue on, on wins and losses. But I think Conrad, since we've been doing, uh, dynamite since October, I believe we have had one match on television that ended in a disqualification. Mm. And I think that was a, the mess. And I take that back. The match really didn't end. It was a, it was a finish along the route in the 30 man Ironman, 30 minute Ironman match, uh, with Omega and pack that, uh, I'm talking about. So everything has had winners and losers, definitive wins and losses. And if people don't think that's not one of the reasons that AEW is uh, so popular with me and the fans, uh, I, th- I think you might be wrong on that one because people like to see definitives. I'd like to see uh, a, a true winner and a loser because at that time, if your favorite wins, you can show, you can be happy. Uh, if your favorite loses, you can be, uh, unhappy or disappointed and looking forward to a rematch or whatever the next step may be. But if you have a match or two pros get in a ring 
and they have a little wrestling match and then they get it quote unquote in the WWE term thrown out. Then who, who's happy, who's sad, who's what emotions are we selling? And I think that's one of the issues that WWE has had is that, that there's so many of their finishes and so many of their, uh, outcomes are leave you wanting more in a bad way, not a good way. Uh, so I don't know. I, I just think that a lot of the little things that we do at AEW make it better. And, and, uh, you know, we, we've got some big shows coming up in Rochester and in, uh, Newark, the ticket sales are phenomenal. Uh, big pay-per-view come back to Vegas for several days. So we're going to be in Vegas. That could be really, really dangerous. I have to see my Bluetooth guys uh, on that one. Cause that's, <laughs> that's a week in Vegas. is like, you know, the ultimate test of my heart. So we'll see how that works out, but things have been good. I finished my, uh, don't ramble here too much, but I finished my, uh, on, uh, just a, f- a couple of days ago, as we speak, I finally finished after I think six or seven production days of reading the, uh, audio version of my book. One of the harder things I've ever done. I cried in the beginning and had to stop. Then throughout the book, Conrad, I got so much, so many tears in my eyes that I, I had to use the Kleenex and dab my eyes so I could keep reading. Uh, I found the book to have all these different voices in it. It had a Howard Finkel voice. It had a Vince McMahon voice. It had a Steve Austin voice. Uh, it had my voice in different levels. It had Jan's voice a lot. So then I found myself, instead of just reading, I found myself kind of telling you a story right? And, and using those words in my text, text of the text of the book, uh, as the, as the cannon fodder. So it's going to be a different presentation than I did with Slobberknocker, which got a lot of positive feedback on the audio book, but this audio book's going to have a few voices in it. Uh, it's going to have, uh, the, it's going to be in the moment. In other words, I'm not, when I'm talking about Jan, obviously I'm not at the tone or the presentation or the delivery. If I was talking about uh, stone cold at uh, WrestleMania 19 and him retiring after his match and things of that nature, what went on and what really went on and, uh, all that. So I'm having a blast doing it, but it's, it was really hard, man. At the end, you know, we, we ended it, the finish of the book, as you well know, had a lot, had a lot to do with her last days. And then, uh, and then be going to 10 days after she died, I was in Orlando uh, getting a, signing a two year deal with Vince again. And, uh, I think it also will have a different, people have a different point of view as I sum it up, uh, on Vince. There, there's, there's not a, there's not a hate thing with Vince and I whatsoever, whatsoever. Uh, we just had both good, strong, strong, passionate views on aspects of the business that we personally believed in that clashed at times. And then, uh, he was influenced by those that, uh, you know, he's easy to, to lead the wrong way. Uh, and he, 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 he can take a. He could take a wrong turn in the road. I think he did with me a couple of times. And I think I did with him a couple of times as well. So this book is going to be unique. So it'll be in March 31st, going to be in, in the bookstores. Uh, we got a big plan, uh, at, with books a million down in, uh, Tampa, St. Pete area. We're going to be all over WrestleMania week, signing books. I'm not making any appearances uh, that I'm aware of officially. I may go to Josh Barnett's blood sport event and watch uh, he and, uh, John Moxley beat each other up just for the sake of my like watch you guys beat each other up. Uh, but you know, it's going to be, we're going to be very aggressive with it. Hope everybody will take advantage pre-order, uh, JR's barbecue.com, JR's BBQ.com, Amazon, a lot of ways to get it. So 
It's been a fun week. It's just something that you don't anticipate, Conrad, in reading. Reading sounds so mundane. And I felt like that's what it was going to be. I'm not going to do a mundane read on this book. So I, I did almost like we would do on, on stage sometimes, or I'd fall into some of these voices. And so it's going to be a little different uh, presentation audio-wise that I think fans are going to enjoy. So it's a big month. You know, uh, this, is the third, this is the third year of, uh, of her passing this month, uh, March 23rd. It's when uh, she, she got killed, and, and, and this book's coming out March 31st. I think that's somewhat poignant, and it's going to be good, though. So life is good for me, and I'm very blessed, very happy, and kind of happy to watch this ride along. You know, I haven't, I haven't seen this show since we did it live, so it's brand new to me, and I'm, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Of course, what we're talking about is March 13th, 2000. We're about three weeks away from WrestleMania 2000. And before we get into today's show and we do a quick countdown, of course, we're in WrestleMania season. I feel like we should talk a little bit about what everybody else is talking about right now. The threat of the coronavirus and all these little shows that have been canceled and major events rather, you know, Basel was canceled. The big, uh, watch show and the Geneva motor show was canceled and South by Southwest was canceled. And there was a music festival in Miami canceled. Lots of people are getting nervous. Hey, uh, what if they cancel WrestleMania? What say you, Jim? Don't uh, pardon me. I don't think it'll happen. Uh, it'd be a shocker and it would be a huge loss for not only WWE financially, but also for fans that are planning on going and making it a part of a annual excursion or their first WrestleMania, whatever, you know, WrestleMania is a major event and, uh, and I said, that's understatement, obviously, but it's a major event in the standpoint that many other companies use WrestleMania as a source of creating new revenue. And so, uh, that's, it could be detrimental to a lot of companies, but knowing the wrestling mantra as I do, uh, I don't think it's going to be canceled. I heard tickets are not moving well for raw and SmackDown and other events, but WrestleMania itself was selling well. So I don't know. I haven't heard the latest and all that's a rumor and your lovely innuendo, but, uh, I don't think it's going to, I don't think it'll be canceled, but you know, we're seeing some major things that South by Southwest uh, event in Austin canceling was a huge uh, loss of uh, revenue for the city of Austin. It's one of their biggest events of the year, if not their biggest event of the year. So all those merchants, uh, got foiled because the travelers were, they shut them, shut them down. So hotels, rental car places, restaurants, big impact on Austin. And yes, it would be a huge impact on, uh, on WrestleMania. I can't say that the virus is not going to affect attendance. I think, I think that could happen. I think people could be more cautious and it is available on television. So on, on the uh, WWE, uh, network, obviously and other outlets. So I don't, I, I'm, I don't think it'll cancel Conrad, but I do think it, uh, the, 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 uh, ongoing dis- discussions about this virus, uh, will affect the attendance at some events for everybody coming to Tampa and St. Pete. Well, thankfully attendance was not affected for the March 13th, 2000 raw. Uh, we're going to go ahead and fire that up. Now we're doing a watch along style here. So we want you to fire up your WWE network, uh, go to raw, and then you'll find the year 2000. You'll scroll down and you'll find March 13th. And, uh, this is, uh, we're about three weeks away from WrestleMania 2000. And yes, we will be covering that WrestleMania, uh, here on the show, but we're going to sort of set the stage today. And there's a lot going on in this show. 
including the rock in a retirement match here on Monday night raw. So without further ado, fire up your WWE network, March 13th, 2000. I'm going to give you a quick countdown. I'll do three, two, one play. And when I say play, play with us. And, and here we go at the voice of wrestling, reviewing a 20 year old show. This should be fun. Here we go. Three, two, one play. I love the old signature open here, Jim. Yeah. I forgot about that. <clears throat> Conrad, man, my throat is going crazy reading all that book. And, uh, and then TV last week <clears throat> in uh, Denver, <clears throat> pardon me. Yeah. The, uh, it, it, it was a nice recap telling the rock story, uh, because it was all about the rock at that point in time. Uh, good heel faction. A lot of, a lot of put the champion or the top guy in jeopardy with Austin out. So, uh, it was a, a good time for the heels, some heels to, to make hay with the sunshines and get recognized. You know, the Stephanie triple H thing was getting big. So it was interesting. It was a, it was a good roster of talent. Uh, the roles are clearly defined. We had, we had guys that like to be heels like the Dudleys and they were damn good at it. And so we see that what happened on SmackDown is we're looking at the highlights of the cold open where uh, rocks giving a rock bottom to Bubba. And then Bubba comes back and waylays him in the spine with a chair enough to get the 3d on, uh, on the rock through a table and that set it all up. Uh, and, uh, took us to tonight here on, on the show. Yeah. And we should mention that, uh, this is definitely the McMahon Helmsley era. Uh, they're jockeying for position and, and they've seemingly, uh, joined forces with Shane McMahon. And somehow Vince McMahon finds himself as a fan favorite, which is a rarefied position, but we're trying new things. Our, uh, our cash cow is out right now. Uh, stone cold, of course, has been hit by a car. And, uh, that was at the end of 1999. And here we see the great open man, just classic stuff here. I'm going to play a little audio here. I love the old theme song. Well done, open. Lots of high energy, lots of big impact, and then here comes the pyro. Man, pyro was really a, a signature part of the presentation, and I don't know that it was as big of a deal in wrestling before Vince McMahon. Uh, how how important to the overall presentation did uh, Vince think pyro was in this era? I, I think he thought it was important, but, and I and I and I agree with him. The other thing you notice uh, in this uh, opening shot. The thousands seemingly of signs. Yeah, there are thousands for sure. The signs I thought always added a great deal to the broadcast. It showed the audience's personality, what they're interested in. The signs represented their thoughts. And we're seeing a lot of signs, real creative ones, as a matter of fact, uh, by our young and defiant audience in AEW. There's the signs on Wednesday nights are starting. There's a JR sign, for God's sakes. Uh, it's almost as a, uh, that was a, a drawing. I didn't have the famous uh, fathead. Even though I have a fat head, uh, I didn't get a fat head. They're like Dave LaGreca. <laughs> well, we can make that happen. <clears throat> hey, how about this? Uh, get a grill and Jr. head on, uh, on a show and we'll hook you up with, uh, with some t-shirts. Yeah. Or some sauce and some sauce. Yeah. Why not? I got to tell you, Jim, <clears throat> when I watched this show back earlier, cause I, I wanted to watch it in advance of me and you watching it just so I had some context. My goodness. I forgot that this is really when. The formula for raw permanently changed, um, 
Triple H and Stephanie coming out and doing a long promo in the ring. These sort of long in-ring segments with these two, it feels like was a big part of the company for more than a decade. Yeah, well, you're top heel and he married the boss's daughters. Perfect, perfect uh, scenario for drama. And, uh, the good thing about triple H is he, he always hydrates. He's going to drink about a bottle of water, maybe 10 on the way to the ring here, but they, they take their time. They don't rush their presentation. They meaning they pronoun boy, uh, means, uh, triple H and Stephanie happily married future guaranteed, but he loved, he loved being a heel man. He, He still does. That was just. You most talented guys. I think if you ask the Nate, or in, as my friends here in Oklahoma would say, ax the Nate, uh, he'd tell you being a heel is a lot more fun than being a babyface. Well, but the checks are probably better as a babyface, right? Well, they used to be because of the merch element. However, uh, today's defined audience, they buy as much heel stuff as they do babyface stuff, seemingly. Uh, so you know. Uh, I know in our, in our group, Lucha bros are allegedly heels. I don't think they are, right? but they, they sell a lot of merch, but nobody outsells the merch, the, the more merch than the, the young bucks, for example. So it still has that edge as a baby face selling more merchandise. However, the heels have narrowed the gap immensely over the last generation or so. Well, one of the real heels of, of AEW, of course is MJF. And I bet that piece of shit isn't selling much merch. Nobody likes him. Well, you might be right. So here we see the, uh, big show making his way down with Shane McMahon. Big show looks good too. Yes, he does. He's leaned out. He's well, that was an ongoing issue. Wait, had to, you know, some of these guys had to be weighed in each week. They got embarrassed. The other guys didn't have to weigh in. Well, the other guys aren't morbidly obese. God damn it. And you know, we need you to better shape. If you know, the thing about a lot of guys to understand is if an athletic commission, if one athletic commission, uh, stopped you from participating because of blood pressure or whatever they decided, then, uh, all the other States that had athletic commissions would, uh, honor it. So all of a sudden you're out of business, right? It's like lose, losing your wrestling license in essence. So, but big show looked really good here. All tanned up, all lean. Of course there's Shane in the ring with the, it's almost like the family's hall there. Just need Vince and Linda. Hey man, let me give you a little life hack just in time for mother's day and father's day. I'm talking about paintyourlife.com. That's the place where you can get a gift that mom or dad will never forget real quick. Do you remember what you got mom or dad last year for mother's day or father's day? Well, here's how you give a gift that they'll never forget. You find something that's meaningful, something that's personal. Maybe we're talking about their mom or dad. Who's no longer here. Maybe it's about a long lost relative. Maybe it's about their favorite pet. Who's no longer with us. Maybe there was always this dream that mom and dad were going to vacation to some exotic tropical Island, but they never quite made it there. Well, all of those dreams can become reality at paintyourlife.com. You simply upload those photos. You can even use a photo right out of your phone. They can even help you combine photos to create one unique memory. You'll pick the artist. You'll even pick the medium. Hey, do you want an oil, acrylic, watercolor, charcoal? You can even pick the frame. The whole process is less than five minutes to get started. You can get it in as little as two weeks, but along the way you work hand in hand to ensure that the artist is nailing it. They're getting exactly what you wanted and you're going to get that reaction you wanted from mom or dad. I'm telling you, this has been a home run for me. I've used it for my mom, for my dad, for my father-in-law, for my cousin, for my wife. 
It's great for any occasion, but with mother's day and father's day right around the corner, how do we show the people who gave us everything that we really care? I don't think you can beat a meaningful gift like this from paintyourlife.com. And if you're looking to give the best and most meaningful gift you've ever given, paintyourlife.com can hook you up. And there's no risk. If you don't love the final painting, your money's refunded, guaranteed. And right now is a limited time offer. You can get 20% off your painting. That's right, 20% off and free shipping. Now, to get this special offer, just text the word Ross to 87204. That's Ross to 87204. Text R-O-S-S to 87204. Paint your life. Celebrate the moments that matter most. Message and data rates may apply. See paintyourlife.com slash terms for details. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah. Let's talk about this. The, you know, we're not exactly to WrestleMania yet. I'm sure we're going to cover it when we get there, but I'm really sort of fascinated with the idea that, Hey, Austin's out, but one of the big pieces of the equation that sort of got us back in the game is his feud with Mr. McMahon. Maybe for WrestleMania 2000, we need to stick all of our guys that were maybe favorite opponents of his and, and near main eventers. So we'll get, uh, Mick Foley out of retirement, just, uh, I don't know, less than two months after he lost a retirement match. We'll get the rock. Who's definitely our next top guy. Of course, we're going to have triple H. He's the world champion and big show, our big investment that we've had for about a year. Now we're going to put him in a featured spot. So we're going to do a four way for the title, but well, we need a little more spice. Let's put quote, a McMahon in every corner. what do you think of that creative? The first time you heard it. I loved it because it told me that Vince was not going to be in the headset. He was not going to be producing talent. I loved it. It, it allowed a Lawler and I to sing our own songs based on their music. It's always going to be the company's music, the creative's music, whatever, whoever did the writing or the, or the fluffing of the creative, uh, but being able to interpret it with your own thoughts and your own phraseologies and your own, uh, descriptions is, is the money for me. And I think it was for Jerry as well, as they replay the angle again, they just replayed this, this whole thing in the cold open. Now that we're getting in again in the first segment to really establish that the champion, the great one, the rock is in jeopardy. He's banged up, he's hurt. And the numbers caught up with him and everybody's having a good time at the great one's expense. So, uh, but I, I'm, a, I don't know. I, I think it's a, I think it was a, it was a, you know, the, this whole thing was laid out very well to put jeopardy on the baby face. And that baby face was six, five, 275 pounds. So it's harder to do. It's like getting sympathy on the undertaker. It's daunting. You have to be a good heel to make that happen. So we're seeing all the recaps, as we said, and, and now we see the, uh, the lead pipe shots and there's a, a fun little sound effect. I got to play here. Triple job, triple H. Man, triple H, I got one question for you. What did that feel like? It's amazing to hear him sweeten up the sound effect of the lead pipe. Well, it's better than a goddamn leg slap <laughs> or a stomach slap or a slap, you know, 
I, I get, I get to kick out of some of these guys. I said, you guys practice your leg slaps today. God almighty. That's just silly. You know, uh, and I, I, I don't make my, I don't, I don't, uh, ingrate, ingratiate myself to some, some younger fans who don't see anything wrong with leg slapping. I don't like it. I can express my opinion. If you like it, that's your prerogative. I'm not going to be mad at you, but, uh, really come on leg slapping ridiculous. <laughs> well, we, we talk a lot on this show about, uh, the great character that Stephanie McMahon was just a natural heel, uh, sort of the, the master of quote unquote resting bitch face. And you just really want her to see her get her come up. And it's just a, a great heel performer, arguably Vince McMahon, the greatest, perfor- the greatest heel in the history of the business, you know, just Vince with the volume turned all the way up his, his swagger walk that even Conor McGregor has borrowed from. But we don't really talk about Shane McMahon unless it is some crazy stunt, him jumping off of something or falling off of something. What did you think of Shane, the character? Uh, he tried very hard to be a heel. Shane's a very likable guy. So being a heel for him, even with his, uh, you know, uh, silver spoon, uh, background and all this stuff, uh, was a little dawning for me. Uh, and you're right. He, he is known for stunts. You know, uh, you, you, you know, you wonder how high, how high it's got to go and what he's going to jump off of next in that respect. Uh, Vince always said in private that Stephanie was more like Vince than Shane ever was. That Shane was more like his mother. Now I don't perceive that to be uh, a negative issue whatsoever or, or a negative statement uh, to be considered like your mother. Uh, I, I think it kind of, kind of rings true and honorable. But Stephanie's more of a natural heel like Vince was. She was very influenced by her dad's uh, work as a villain, and it, it, it resonated with her. She was very, very good at it. So, uh, And I think that's why she's so good at it that she has heat in some circles just for being Stephanie. Yeah. And that's a, ba- and, and that's a, th- a throwback to how good she was when she was a, a villainous on, on raw, for example, like she is tonight, what we're watching. She's a star of the, you know, there's Shane's in the ring. Triple H has got the mic. Now he's going to hand it to Steph. Big shows. there, looking all tan and big, but she's stealing the show. By Stephanie's the way, stealing the show. In my view, Stephanie here is saying, Hey, you know what? We got to give the fans what they want when it comes to WrestleMania. And that means Rocky will be competing at WrestleMania, but unfortunately you will not be in the main event. Instead, you're going to be in a handicap match with two of the biggest superstars in the history of the WWF, our biggest tag team, the twin towers, and she's going to introduce the twin towers. And of course, longtime fans will think, wait a minute. Does that mean this is a Keem and boss man? What are we looking at here? And it's actually two little people. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm going to, uh. I don't, I don't even know what to say here. I'm going to, I'm going to play the audio a little bit so you can uh, enjoy this at home. Now, without further ado, let me introduce the rocks competition for WrestleMania, the biggest tag team to ever enter the world wrestling federation, Uh-oh. the twin towers, twin towers, who are the, everybody's comedian. 
Where are they? And I like the funny laugh too. The talent's laughing in the ring like it's really truly funny. How about the fucking theme music? <laughs> it's unbelievable. What? So talk me through this. This is something that uh, is funny. Ha ha. And this sort of gaga, I think most fans would say, oh, that's, this has got to be from the Vince Russo era, but it's not Russo's not here. He's, uh, right. he's been gone for six months or so. <clears throat> Uh, who, who had, uh, an infatuation with, uh, with doing angles with little people. Oh, guess, <laughs> of course, guess, Vince, guess who Vincent Kennedy McMahon. It looks like, uh, they're making a, doing a parody of the Dudleys that were left in a dryer too long. Well, here, here's they're, they're and Devon, but they shrunk. Hunter knows that one of these guys has a special talent. Get, get, get and the other thing is that big shows laughing. All the while inside, he's going crazy because he didn't like little people. Oh, I didn't for know re- that. For real, he's a little paranoid. So he's he's there, and then uh, it's just a it's just making fun. We just missed a high spot there. Uh, Hunter uh, went over to the uh, uh, the the Caucasian twin tower and said, "Hey, uh, show him the eyebrow." He did the people's eyebrow. And then Hunter stepped in front of him and farted in his face and said, Hey rock, tell me what triple H is cooking. <laughs> so we're, we're farting in little people's faces in the first segment here on the show. Yeah. Well, that's heat brother. It goes with your goddamn push. <laughs> when you get a push, you get to, you get to battle little people. You get to make fun of everybody because that's part of your push. And we got to have a push. We got to heal heat. This is real heat. This is real heat. You can take to the street brother. This is the kind of heat that you see somebody in the airport. They're going to say something about your shitty attitude of being a bully wrong. So more fake laughter, more bad acting. This goddamn segment could be entitled the never ending segment one. Yeah. I mean, to be clear, we're 15 (laughs) minutes in and we're still in the opening segment and it really became sort of the norm in this era that your opening segment is going to be a 20 minute in-ring promo with triple H. And I think it burned a lot of fans out. It became too formulaic. And here you see a real, real big pop. Uh, if you smell what the rock is cooking hits over the PA out comes the rock and man, the crowd comes alive in a big way. He got the giant road warrior pop did uh, the great one. <clears throat> That shirt he has on, I think Lawler ended up abscounting that shirt. Rock, when he left, he left a bunch of those real nice shirts uh, in his case backstage. And I think the king helped himself with one or two of them. Used to even wear them on the air. They're a little big for him, but uh, it was free. Free 98 is his price. Free 98. Really a fun promo here. The Rock is going to... Uh say, you know what, here's the deal. I'm willing to put my career on the line. I'm only 27 years old. I'm not even at the peak of my career. I'm so confident that I can beat the big show tonight that if I beat the big show, I get my shot at WrestleMania. And if I don't, then you'll never hear from the rock again. I'll go away quietly. I'll put my career on the line for this match. So that's going to be our main event. And we're going to have it set. I do like the idea of if we don't have an announced main event, Let's start, you know, working towards it in the very first segment. And then you've got uh, a quote unquote thread to carry you from the beginning of the show to the end. And that's what keeps fans tuned in in the quarter hours. Right? Yeah. Especially when it's a two hour show, right? That concept is challenged 
when one has a three-hour broadcast on uh, on with commercials, somebody would say, "Well, what's the difference of doing a three-hour pay-per-view and a three-hour show on USA, well, and or, or Fox or whatever, but USA in this case? Well, commercials. You break away from the action on, on a broadcast like Raw, and you got to add the commercials in, and on a pay-per-view you don't have those. It's just action, action, action. <clears throat> so." Uh, that's the difference, but you're right. Having a thread going from segment one to segment 11, that was the last segment of Raw's. It was, it had 10 commercial breaks and 11 segments. So those 10 commercial breaks, uh, could be daunting. Then you add another hour of commercial breaks. Then it makes it real challenging sometimes, unless the show is really red hot and you've got something that you can not miss, uh, in the go home segment. Well, we're setting this match up, and as we do, I feel like now's as good a time of any to remind everybody that The Rock is the biggest movie star in the world, and uh, he's probably sleeping pretty good. I just saw the other day that he hit another record. He was the highest-paid actor again in 2019. Is that a surprise for you? Mm, no. Nothing he does uh, in a good way surprises me about Dwayne. You know, I, I uh, say some nice things about Dwayne in, in this new book, uh, Under the uh under the black hat, uh, just class guy. Sometimes you're around people that, you know, are going to be successful because for whatever reason you as an individual are really pulling for them to be successful. We, I, I wanted rock to be great in every area because I felt like vicariously, I could kind of live my life a little bit through his because of our relationship and the fact that his, his origins of being this magnetic star that we're talking about now is being the highest paid star in Hollywood in 2019, uh, last year, got to start right here doing these, these promos right here on raw. This is where he, this is where he got his, he started getting noticed and, and week after week, big audience, we had some good ratings, uh, there as well. So he had the audience in the palm of his hand. And I know Dwayne always loved the live performances. It's like being a, uh, difference in being a Broadway actor and a movie actor in the movies, you get take after take after take reset this, that, and the other. And on, on, on Broadway, for example, you got no net and he loved the fact of working without a net and the adrenaline that it that brought with him. So, uh, he's, he's, a uh, he's extraordinary Conrad. And here's the thing about the rock. In my view, there are great things still to come in his life that he's going to accomplish that when it all happens, we're going to be amazed. Never put any limits on Dwayne Johnson. He'll beat you every time. We see a backstage vignette here with Steve Blackman and Al Snow. Hit cheese. And Al is trying to pitch Steve on, Hey man, let's do a crime, uh, a crime show where we'll go back in time to fight crime. And he had, uh, no interest from Steve Blackman, but he had a whole skit planned with a, uh, a guy and, and doing a little Abe Lincoln cosplay i like the head cheese uh, dynamic you know you've got this over the top character sort of out there thinker and al snow and of course steve blackman playing the straight man and inside the ring we see the hardy boys these days jeff hardy has been on the shelf for a little while but uh, he recently appeared on wwe backstage and announced that he's coming back and he's going to come back totally different and uh, well hopefully he comes back clean and sober that's the main thing that jeff's always battled Jeff Hardy never had an issue. I think he's a hall of fame level talent. Sure. Uh, he and Matt both uh, should go in the WWE hall of WWE hall of fame at some point in time. 
uh, as a, as a tag team, but, uh, we're getting a little jump start here in the match because there was some animosity leading into this matchup. Give a little story for why they're having it. You know, Steve Blackman was very underrated. He's in there now with the, with the Jeff Hardy, but if Jeff's clean and sober and healthy, he can help any company, uh, in a big, big way. And so, and then Matt, of course, uh, now free agent, you know, there's a lot of talk about where he's going. I know where I'd like to see him go. You know, obviously I'm selfish, uh, but, but Matt Hardy's another guy that from his intellect to his character, his integrity, and is still, uh, existing in-ring skills can help any wrestling company, including the one that I work for at AEW. So I uh, wish him not only the best, but you know, if you get Jeff of Matt, then maybe someday you get Jeff who knows, but nonetheless, uh, the Hardy boys grew up in WWE and, uh, now they're still. Now there are different roads. It's going to be interesting to see, uh, how Matt and Jeff coexist in their lives, Conrad being on separate brands, separate, you know, separate teams actually. So it should be fun. Blackman is so good. Uh, martial arts stuff in great shape. Let's talk one time, I got, I fed him one time. Uh, and he, he said, uh, I never heard this one before I got his check and he said some, some payoff, some discretionary payoff. Half of that was just him having fun. He said, you know, Jr. this week on my check, you pencil fuck me. I did what you pencil fuck me. I said, I assume that's not a good thing, Steve, because you know, you're normally when you get a good payoff, you say, thanks, Jr. That was a great payoff. Oh, wait, you don't do that at all. Do you? Then he, the conversation was over. So, uh, I was accused of pencil fucking. I, and I do not uh, acknowledge those charges. So you didn't pencil fuck him. Hell no. It's a discretionary income. How do, how do you, what's right? What's wrong? It, it, it's, it's, and you know, it's just, if that week you didn't feel like you made enough money, then you got pencil fucked. So maybe you should adjust your spending because I've always believed that part of the reason talents were bitching about payoffs because they didn't know what the gross was. They didn't know what the net was. They just knew that they didn't have enough money in their check, but maybe they're overspending. Hello. But in any event, Steve was a very talented guy. And I think he's got a, uh, a school of some sort of MMA type school up in the Pennsylvania area. I think I always like, always like Steve. Steve's doing some sort of uh bail bondsman or bounty hunting or something like that too. Right. I don't know. I can see that happening. Now he, Steve Blackman, such a dry sense of humor would be another guy that would be, a, would be an interesting character. If he's doing all that bounty hunting and all that stuff, uh, uh, a good reality show uh, potential. Yeah. He but, had one for a little while. Did he? Yeah. It was, uh, he had a reality show about, uh, being a bounty hunter. This is years ago, but yeah, I mean, that was the game plan for sure. I, I, I didn't remember that, but he's an interesting character and athletic as hell. And, uh, and of course, in Al snow, Al still, uh, down in Louisville and inside cradle by Jeff Hardy, a wrestling move that he wins, uh, with a wrestling move inside cradle. And I don't think that fans are looking for that. They're looking for something high flying, but, uh, the Hardys win a tough one. And, uh, but Al's still doing a great job for in OVW wrestling. Some of WWE's biggest stars ever got their feet wet in OVW. Now we're backstage with Kurt angle who has hair. He's wearing a gold medal around his neck and a championship around his waist. Talking to some uninterested security officer. 
Yeah. How about at this time, Kurt Angle was not only your Olympic champion, but he was the intercontinental champion and the European champion. Of course, most importantly, a role model for our youth, as we well know. Uh, Jim, how many pairs of lugs did you have back in the day? I didn't take you for a lugs guy, but it was a brand that you guys were sponsored by quite a bit. So maybe you I, got some free I shoes. Th- I think the lug uh, distribution line stopped before it got to me. <laughs> I, I never wore the lugs. I'm sure they were wonderful footwear. There's now over the over course they're showing Dud, uh, Bubba Dudley with his classic, uh, gaze into the, uh, to the, to the past after giving a, uh, power bomb through a table to may young and may young story. Is so, so amazing. It's amazing to me. Speaking of and May young, here she is getting wheeled in by Mark Henry. And of course, fabulous Mullah in tow. I'm going to play the audio here. I guarantee you one of them is going with me. All this stuff has got to stop. It's over with. Just stay here. She'll be okay. Mark. Don't worry. She'll be okay. Mark's so protective of his love. Yeah. So the, the, the gist <clears throat> is he's tired of these damn Dudleys and he's going to take them on in a handicap match and get a little revenge for what they did to his baby mama, May Young last week. Uh, so she's parked in the back in a wheelchair and fabulous mill is going to keep a watch on her. And, uh, Mark Henry is going to try to take on the Dudley boys in a handicap match. Probably not his best idea he's ever had. Maybe not uh, quite frankly, the Dudleys are hard to beat in tag matches, much less handicap matches. Just don't see it happening. And you know, uh, Dudley boys are so, so good. You know, I, I, I love Bubba's work with uh, Dave LaGreco on, on busted open radio. Uh, couple of three days a week there on Sirius XM channel 156, uh, do a great job. And then of course, here comes Mark Henry. who's also a broadcaster on a uh, busted open. So we've got kind of a busted open, uh, look back or tag match. And of course, Mark Henry rolls into the ring fearless and, and uh, headstrong. And then he runs right into both Bubba and Devon. And, uh, they're just beating the hell out of Mark Henry, those chops and Bubba, those shots that Mark doesn't like those. Well, who likes a chop? I don't know. Not me. I like a pork chop every now and then <laughs> a little gravy. <laughs> Mark's making his comeback and May's a jubilant. Well, maybe not so jubilant. She's got the neck brace on sitting in a, her legs spread wide open. Like she's a man and uh, sitting in that uh, wheelchair. She was a classic man. Sand Springs, Oklahoma played on a boys, uh, football team and wrestling team. Now that would be a huge story. Look at the big elevation by Mark Henry. So goddamn strong. He had no clue how strong he was. Now he may say he knew well, I could bench, I could this deadly. He did all these numbers that were just crazy, but his natural man strength was unbelievable. Then he got a nice block there by, and the blind side by Bubba taking Mark Henry down. It's funny how the, but the Dudleys worked the angles. They worked the, the, the logic shortcuts here and there. Now Bubba is taking down Mark Henry, Bubba with a disturbed look on his face, leaving the rampway, going up the rampway, leaving Devon and Mark Henry to do their thing. Jimmy Corderas, the referee always did a good job. Why do you think Jimmy's no longer with the company? You know, I don't know. There's gotta be something there that, uh, that we're not aware of, but uh, he was a good guy, still is good guy and an excellent referee. Got a good mind for the business. I don't know. He obviously, you know, you can always go back to, to this answer. Uh, he pissed off the wrong people, I guess. Does it surprise you that, uh, oh, here we see. Oh, no. Bubba's gone to get May. May, we don't see Moolah. 
Lula's bolted. Maybe she's in the ladies' room. And Bubba is intimidating May, rolling her out of her locker room in her wheelchair. While back at the ring, it's a Mark Henry and, and Devon. Devon trying to hold his own and keep Mark Henry down. As this camera shoots back to the back, and Bubba's wheeling out May Young. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. Talk to me a little bit about May. Um, were, were you surprised that Vince was willing to uh, let her and, and Moolah take these kinds of bumps? No, heck no. Uh, it was uh, once we found out that she was willing, ready, willing, and able, I think everybody jumped on the, on the wagon. And, of course, the Dudleys are leading the way because that's a great rub for them. I mean, they're the guys who are powerbombing an 80-year-old lady. And for heels, that's a pretty good thing. So I know Bubba and Devon protected their turf there with May, and and rightfully so. So now on the rampway, here comes Bubba as Mark Henry's making a big comeback and turning the corner. And uh, Bubba has got May in the in, at the top of the ramp. She's in her wheelchair, neck brace on. Devon jumping Mark Henry, who got distracted. So now let's see how this thing finishes up in this handicap match. Well, Devon, who has hit Mark Henry no less than a thousand times with his fist, there's no blood, there's no bloody nose, there's no DNA, there's no nothing. It's overuse of punching because there's no DNA. It's like an expose at that point in time, in my opinion. Were you surprised when you, you heard the news that uh, Devon was now uh, an agent for WWE? Is that a good fit for him? I think so. Yeah, I think so. He's a. Uh, he learned his lessons well from Johnny Rods going forward and working with Bubba was always good, a uh, student of the game, you know? So uh, yeah, I think it's a good fit for Devon. He's got two sons that I keep hearing. He's got two twin boys that may get in the business at some point in time. If they're not already, I don't know. I don't hear a lot about that, but, uh, in any event, uh, the, the Dudleys are doing well right now. Mark Henry is down in the cell. Bubba's got that crazy look in his face. Like his far away look in his eye. May is getting antsy and restless. Yeah, quite the uh, 3D there. You see Corderas checking on uh, Mark Henry because that was not the smoothest looking 3D. It'd be easy to, to hurt a guy there. Not saying he's hurt there, but it's a it's a real dangerous spot when it's not 100% perfect. And speaking of danger, here we go. Up the ramp, Devon pushing May Young to the top. You notice Bubba's got Devon pushing the heavy load. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, you go work the match and then I'll push her down the ramp. You push her up the ramp. Yeah. Bubba delegating. It's funny. And, uh, yeah. you see, uh, he's got his eyes on the production table just below the stage. And, uh, of course you're building the drama here. I'm going to play the audio and just let our, let our listeners hear this. What was he doing? Devon was going to run me right off the. Of course not. Just in a wheelchair, for God's sakes. Bless her heart. Wait a minute, now she's standing up. It's a miracle. They're barely able to stand. She's healed. Wait a minute. Hey, wait a minute. 
goes. Man, that had a lot of bad noises in it. I mean, the, uh, the power bomb off the stage through the table for May young and Bubba, as you said, in that damn trance again, <laughs> you can see that may was a big asset to the Dudleys, uh, you know, no, being noticed, getting noticed the, these legitimate heels are uncaring, Bubba almost psychotic. It was great for their act. And now he's got this. Sick smile on his face. Next thing you know, he'd be smoking a cigarette. <laughs> it's crazy to think too, you know, Bubba here is still in his twenties. You know, this is uh 20 years ago. He's only 48 now. So he's like 28 years old here. The rock is 27. You guys have a really, really young locker room hitting on all cylinders. Yeah. Good. Uh, good talent relations team. A lot of good guys there in that area that uh, we worked together and yeah, I thought we did well. You're building some athletic youth, experienced youth. Getting Bubba and Devon was a lot like when uh, WWE robbed uh, uh, raided uh, Ring of Honor with guys like Rollins and Daniel Bryan and Samoa Joe and all those cats. So it was, good, it was a good get for us. And again, we're just going to replay the hell out of May going through that table because this spot would never be, this is like once in a lifetime deal. The courage of her doing this is hard to explain. There's a lot of guys that would have reservations about, uh, taking that bump Absolutely. men, young men. And of course, uh, here we see May in the ambulance with Mark Henry and doctors caring for her should be driven away in the ambulance. But for her to do what she did is so unselfish, so brave. And now speaking of integrity and intelligence and the other three, I intensity, here comes uh, Pittsburgh's own Kurt angle with hair. It's worth mentioning. May young took this bump one day after she turned 77, uh, her birthday <laughs> was on the 12th. Of course, this is the 13th, but. She's 77 years old. And of course we're rounding on TV and saying 80, but whatever close enough. It's hard to imagine, you know, six years from now, somebody giving Ric Flair a power bomb off the stage. And that's how old he would be six years from now. 77. That's unbelievable to think about. It is unbelievable, but that's Mae young. She was a John Wayne and women wrestlers. Mae young was in every locker room. Uh, for every promoter was their quote unquote policeman or police woman, uh, because anytime a wrestler got out of line, started making problems, started becoming an issue and the booker slash promoter had to give may the office, so to speak, may would clear, would, would take care of the issue. The problem would go away or may would beat the holy shit out of somebody. And every woman in the wrestling in that era was afraid of her and rightfully so she had a dainty little tattoo on her forearm. She played poker. She smoked cigars. Uh, may was may there was nothing. Nobody was ever like may young. You know, we're working on a movie now about Mildred Burke called Millie, uh, with Ash Abelson and, uh, uh, may young is in that saying she'll be in that book, in that movie in some capacity because may was a policeman and a damn good one. So we love may. And now 
It's the great entrance for Chris Jericho, the former AEW champion until, uh, we left Chicago. We should mention Jericho was all over the wrestling observer last week. Uh, he won wrestler of the year, most charismatic, biggest box office draw, best on promos, just tons of awards, just racked them up. Were you surprised that, uh, he won wrestler of the year and all these other accolades a little bit because of the, uh, uh, that vote on the observer is very influenced by, uh, uh Japanese fans, fans of new Japan. Uh, real hardcores, uh, and, and, and that's not a knock from me folks, but I, I thought maybe Okada, uh, cause he's kind of the, the, the favorite in that, in that world, uh, will Ospreay, some of those new Japan guys would have been in the, in the, in the hunt and they were, but Jericho rightfully so won the award. And, uh, I also want to c- uh, con- congratulate Kevin Kelly. He was named the announcer of the year by the vote. Uh, I think I've won it 15 times, which is kind of cool. I didn't do very well. This one in the voting, uh, but nonetheless, my role has changed. I think that's what uh, somebody was telling me, you know, that people don't understand your role. I'm not really doing this traditional play by play. Uh, I'm more, we're more of an ensemble cast and we share some of those responsibilities as Taz comes to the ring with uh, Chris Jericho and Kurt angle. Taz really had a. I thought I had a chance to become really, really great here, uh, in, in WWE. And he's in there with two top guys, two hall of fame guys. So it's uh, it's pretty good, pretty good action here. Well, Kurt angle could take, man, he was, he was ex- so damn extraordinary. And now you got Jericho wailing away at Taz. Taz is so more than that 30 seconds that he did his whole career. I think. <laughs> it's Jericho. Uh, Jericho's just an animal. He says knees are going to the knees to the face, knees to the ribs. Boy, throwing a clothes when Jericho throws a clothesline at you, and you're supposed to duck. You better duck because he's bringing it. Then Angle goes up to the top. You know, Taz takes him down. Little split legged thing there, landing on a the turnbuckle. And now all three guys are on the second rope, looking to bunch up. Jericho with a suplex on Taz. Angle still on top. Jericho going for the cover. Angle breaks it up. That's the one thing about these triple threat matches. That's kind of what you get. You get a near fall and a breakup, a near fall and a breakup. Uh, probably not enough kickouts on the near falls, but dependent on the breakups all the time by the third guy. Now, Angle, belly to belly suplex. Nobody ever did it better, in my view. Of course, we now, know, you know, both uh, Kurt Angle and Chris Jericho are going to go on to have. Incredible success of singles competitors here in WWE, multi-time world championship runs and, you know, WrestleMania main events and the like Taz came in with really, really high hopes, big expectations just a couple of months prior to this. Uh, but for whatever reason, it, it, he did not have the same success as a Jericho and Kurt angle. How much of that do you contribute to politics and how much of that do you contribute to Taz's body just breaking down on him a little bit. Well, his body broke, started breaking down on him, but I think the major issue was the fact that, uh, he was not a compatible political fit in the eyes of upper management. I think there was also a, uh, some guys thought that he probably was not safe as far as how he worked There's too many throws. The suplexes were dangerous, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, 
I never really thought that, but, uh, unfortunately it was, that's how it was. And of course, to add uh, insult to craziness, you got Mr. Backlund now in the ring, Taz catching him and then tossed outside to see old, uh, proverbial, uh, cluster. It's breaking down wherever we are this night. And then that's the first time I've seen Bob Backlund throw, throw a clothesline. We're in East Rutherford, New Jersey at uh, the Continental Airlines Arena. It looks packed. It looks packed. I always loved when you described that arena too. You would say in the shadow of New York city. Yep. Your way of saying, Hey, we're, we're quote unquote in New York, but not really. We're in, we're in Jersey. Yeah. Nothing wrong being in Jersey. I can tell you that there's a hook of the leg and Kurt angle beats, uh, Chris Jericho. Kurt wins, wins the triple threat match. Mr. Backlund took uh, care of a uh, Taz to get him out of the equation, but a very action packed match. Uh, China was there. She looked really good too, right there in this, uh, uh, lean. She'd leaned up. She's had she reconstructive, her- uh, surgery on her jaw. She's got the uh, bolt on plus twos. I mean, it's a totally different China than the way she debuted. And this is arguably the best triple H ever looked physically. He's in the back with his old pals from DX and. Stephanie McMahon and, uh, who's the blonde haired vixen. Is that Tori? Yeah. Tori Pock. And there's the, uh, wrestling observer announcer of the year, Kevin Kelly and wearing Andre, the giant shirt, <laughs> catching up with ivory and asking her, Hey, who do you think, uh, is going to pull this one out the rock or the big show and, uh, lots of action going down here in the ring. Of course, we've already got DX there. People are excited about that, but too cool, man. I'm going to play a little audio. mistake tonight he had an opportunity to be in wrestlemania he could have been in that handicapped midget evening gown oh, stop <laughs> that big pop is for rikishi i think people forget how over rikishi was in 2000 this too cool presentation and him dancing and you know doing the stink face man this was uh the dream ruined for him after a series of stops and starts with characters like the sultan uh, and, and I don't know that history really remembers how over Rikishi was with the crowd in this era. He was, man. He was, a, he was over big time. And so was, uh, too cool. You know, let's don't uh, leave out the fact that too cool was a great supporting act for Rikishi, you know, Scotty, uh, Taylor, Scotty, too hot. He learned to be cool. And, uh, Brian Christopher was already cool. Brian got that from his dad, Jerry Lawler, Brian, another kid that you sure miss. Uh, very talented and Scott Taylor, I think is also working as a, as a coach or producer in, uh, NXT now, or was, uh, but Rikishi's got his own wrestling school going. He's got some very talented sons. So, uh, interesting booking and, uh, you know, got good baby face pop, uh, two young guys and Brian and, uh, Scotty that could work. So, uh, you're going to kick it off with. It looks like we're going to kick it off with the X-Pac and, uh, Brian Christopher, who's wrestling with a headband. Of course, Brian pe- Christopher pe- left pe- us way too early. Um, Brian Christopher is a guy that I thought, man, could have had a lot, a lot of upside. He just had this natural charisma about him. He was a good promo. His in-ring work was good. He had a good physique. Was Brian's only issue that, that he had a, a substance issue or was there more to it that maybe we didn't know about? I think that was pretty much it, you know, controlling his uh, urges in, in that way, uh, was an issue for him. 
but you're no, you're right. You're right on the money. He's fundamentally sound. He's very, very skilled, uh, young star on the, uh, without a doubt, just, you know, he, he as a, another guy that was made advantage of, took advantage of his timing, uh, Brian James, the road dog. And these guys had worked so many times together down South, these guys, meaning uh, Brian and Scotty and, and road dog, that they just had great timing and chemistry. And of course, Scotty and, uh, and, uh, and Brian setting up the big tag and, and, uh, road dog in the corner where they tag in Rikishi. And now the fans know what's coming. Uh, it's going to be the stink face and the stink face was over and Brian waiting for the stink face later, uh, exits out the back door and tags in X Fox. and business always picked up when X Fox got in the ring. He's just had, he brought a lot of electricity, Conrad, and a lot of energy to the proposition. What do you think of his new look? He debuted on uh, SmackDown. Did you see that? He's got the big beard and all that now. I missed it. I didn't, I didn't watch SmackDown on Friday night. I was cleaning up my sock drawer. I love you for that. I know you but, see uh, triple H in there with Rikishi and, and we know that these guys are going to have a series of matches, believe it or not, Rikishi is going to have more than his fair share of main event. My goodness. Tori is, uh, as Bruce Pritchard would say is all the way live right here. Uh, yes, she was. And a good athlete. She had worked a lot in Japan. Had a, we got her. She had a bad shoulder. That was the only negative about uh, Tori. She had a, a tremendously, uh, bad shoulder. We ended up getting fixed, surgically repaired, but, uh, she got a break to come in and, and had not been in WWE to any degree that I was aware of when we hired her, but she looked great. She was a pro when she did wrestle, she could work with some of the younger uh, women and help them along with the, with the process. Uh, we had some really key females at that era that helped others uh, get better. And Tori Pock was one of those who was a great influence to those ladies. Uh, with her in-ring work. And now you got the proverbial hot tag with Rikishi. He tags in uh, Scotty too hottie. Of course, Scotty too hottie is looking to do a worm and it's about time for that to happen. I'm not really crazy about these guys wearing their hats in the ring and the hats never leaving their head, but it's a gimmick. Uh, I'm not big on wrestlers that wear necklaces and earrings when they're competing. I think it's illogical, but I'm not going to die on that hill. It'll be Crabby JR again today on that respect, but it, it, it doesn't make any sense. It's, it's illogical. Well, hypothetically, do you think they're wearing those necklaces and hats because they're looking for their goddamn push? Yeah, that's it. The goddamn push has got them by the short hairs. <laughs> and of course with manscape, he has short hairs. How about the, uh, the goggles here? Same deal. It's all part of the presentation Absolutely. being cool and hip. They're too cool. Conrad. God damn it. What is it? You don't know. What is it? You can't understand. They're too cool. <laughs> and here they are. The big four ways breaking down. Tori, you get some more shots of her. Nice, but nice neck breaker by triple H. This turn is a real good little six man tag team matchup, quite frankly. And then there's Rikishi big belly to belly suplex on triple H. Triple H sells to the corner because he's got a stink face or there's a stink face in the abdomen. Didn't take it all the way in the, in the face. Nice super kick by Rikishi shows good flexibility. Boy, if, if uh, junior Rikishi had, he, he controlled his weight a little bit better. There's no telling how good he could have been. And there's a cheap shot. 
uh, a, a bell or something, whatever that was. It was the ring bell. Uh, Pac hit him in the head with it. Or, uh, if Rikishi in the head, Rikishi's down, arm over by Triple H, will it be enough? And it is. The bell sounds. They beat the star of the team, they meaning DX, because that victory meant more, but it was a, he won, he lost by being cheated and being hit in the face with the ring bell by Xbox. So DX wins, maintains some level of heat, and they beat the biggest dog in the yard in Rikishi with help from my friends. And Brian Christopher still wearing his headband. He didn't come off an entire athletic scuffle. Oh, there you look at there. Look who's coming to the ring now, Conrad. I like this look for the big boss man. Yep. Got that, that nightstick. And of course it's Kane. This version the, of the big boss the, man looks like the original member of the shield. Kane, uh, sauntering up to the rock, the mayor of Knox County, Tennessee, Good luck. talking to the number one revenue producing movie star in the world. As we go to commercial break, but we dipped to black and here we are back again, more pyro. We had a big house there, man. That was a good crowd and probably 18, 20,000 people. It was always a big crowd. Anytime you went to New Jersey, was it not? I mean, you guys were the hot ticket there. Those three markets uh, always did well. Uh, when, the, when the attitude era was rolling along about this 2000 time, uh, long Island, of course, the Jersey and then the garden. You've had an opportunity to, to work both Barclays and the garden, uh, forget the, the quote unquote prestige and the history of Madison square garden for a minute, just the actual building itself. Do you have a preference one over the other? Yeah. The garden. Why is that? Uh, for the reason you said not to consider, <laughs> you can't discount. You can't forget that you can't forget you're in the garden. You can't forget you're there for all these concerts and all these, the Beatles and, and Ali and Frazier and all these things that happened that were monumental in the pop culture, sports and entertainment scene. So, uh, this is a going to be an interesting contest or the big boss man walking with intensity, raising great shape. I always loved his work. What a nice guy, Ray trailer, AKA the big boss man. I loved his work. Dusty Rhodes really set uh, this man up uh, well when he was big Bubba Rogers and uh, big Bubba, no trouble with Jim Cornette as his manager was a really good combination. Let's, let's talk about some news and notes sort of behind the scenes. Meltzer would report in this era, Richard, uh, Bruce Pritchard is now the office representative uh, and scout at the Memphis TV tapings. And he'll also be going to some, some of the Ohio Valley TV tapings. He and Kevin Kelly are in charge of monitoring how the wrestlers under developmental deals are doing. How do you think Bruce and Kevin did in that role in this era? They did good. They did good. They, they, they knew what they're looking for. They, they didn't have uh, I didn't detect any, uh, counterproductive agendas, uh, whatsoever. Both guys are students of the game. They didn't want anybody's spot. They just want to make the brand better. And, uh, they were very good members of our talent relations team without, a, without a doubt and did a lot of good work, you know, uh, Look back, it's the guys that came out of Memphis and OVW and so forth. Uh, those are successful programs that produced uh, results. And uh, I found it ironic that many of the guys that we signed during those eras are still contributing. 
who's hotter in WWE right now than Randy Orton. Right. And you know, he was in that magic class. We all sent that we sent to, uh, we sent them all to OVW back in the day. So, but Randy Orton is as good as anybody in uh, WWE right now. He's having a kind of year in WWE, uh, that, uh, Chris Jericho is, is having in uh, AEW just at the top of the top. Well, the guy who was King of the mountain in this era was Steve Austin and Meltzer would report. Steve Austin is wearing a soft neck collar. Most of the time, his movement is limited to doing a lot of walking and he's as of yet not allowed to lift weights. The plan, the plan is for him to return at WrestleMania, but in a very limited role. Vince McMahon is supposed to start a television a few weeks before mania, which may be part of an angle to reintroduce Austin Foley will also be at mania. Of course, a lot of ideas have been thrown out, including one where he doesn't appear on television at all, but it'll be hyped that he will return to give a farewell address at the show. And this is again, three weeks out. When, when was it sort of decided, Hey, Foley's back and not just to say goodbye. We need him in this match. We're going to do a four way. Well, you know, having a guy come back with a closing remarks at WrestleMania verbally, uh, was kind of underwhelming to me as good as Mick could promo and as articulate as he could be. And the wordsmith that he is, as Kane showing his strength, you're trying to pick up boss man. Uh, I just, I, I didn't, uh, think it was appropriate. Uh, for WrestleMania, I mean, maybe on a raw or a lesser pay-per-view, but to take up valuable time as Ray's got his nightstick looking to take off the head of Kane, uh, I thought it was, uh, under, underachieving under, under, under fulfilling to me. So I don't know. It was, it came a lot of these WrestleMania matches come late, you know, they're just, they find themselves in a jam and we've got to book something. And so sometimes things are booked that are not, uh, well thought out. Kane picks up the win here. No surprise there. Yeah. What a great, uh, what a great addition to the locker room was Kane. And now here's another one, Charles, Wright, Godfather. Asking his opinion on, Hey, who do you guys like tonight? Is it big show or is it the rock? Uh, he asked his quote unquote hose and the hose love the rock. No surprise there. Nope. So Godfather he's with the rock as well. Smart man. Charles did a great job, big personality. We're going to be in Vegas, uh, in May with AEW. I'm going to try to hook up with Charles. You know, he's a, he, he's a manager of a gentleman's establishment, but he has a private office that we go play dominoes in. So there'll be some powerful domino games, just like that powerful power slam again of may and Bubba, Bubba going to his uh, Dudley trance, taking him all the way back to Dudleyville. And here's another look at it. They're going to get the mileage on this piece of tape. Jerry, I'm curious. Have the hoes always loved the rock? Oh yeah. Oh, this Since is great. You got to play this audio from man. How do I feel? Moolah. I don't feel a damn thing. The got what she deserved. What? That's exactly right. Listen, no one ever heard of Mae Young until I brought her into this organization. I brought her in. She was nothing and she's still nothing as far as I'm concerned, but when I brought her in here, what appreciation did she show me? She disgraced me and all the organization by showing her puppies, giving birth, and stealing my spotlight. I'm a Hall of Famer. Do you understand that, Michael? Yeah, yeah. Do you understand what I'm yeah, saying? I and I, frankly, I want to tell you now, I don't give a damn if the bitch never, ever comes back. 
Well, I. How about that? Moolah turning heel on her old pal, May Young. <laughs> and that was a pretty good promo, huh? Not bad. Not bad at all. Like Michael Cole's facial expressions. How about a young leader here as a second for SA Rios? He is your light heavyweight champion. A sort of a forgotten championship in this era of WWE, but. Who would have guessed that, uh, it wasn't going to be S.A. Rios. Who's going to pop off as the big star of this group. It's going to be Lita. No doubt, man. She was, she was hotter than donut grease. She was healthy, fearless. I'm so glad that we hired her. And of course, did you see where she's starting a podcast Conrad? Yeah, we should mention, uh, that podcast is called this is K Fabe and it's got, uh, Lita and Christy Hemi and Gail Kim. So I guess, uh, we're overdue for, uh, a trio of women on a, on a wrestling podcast. I know we've had, uh, in the past, uh, Terry Runnels has had one and a Medusa's had one and, uh, the, our ring announcer, Lillian Garcia's had one, but now three ladies, that should be, uh, that should be a fun perspective. Absolutely. Wishing well, here comes Eddie Guerrero with his, uh, left arm in a cast sling. And of course with Dean Malenko, who's such a great guy. You know, Dean had a health scare coming to, uh, Denver and they had to divert the plane, had a little issue with his heart and then they released him and he, he went, he didn't come to TV last week, but he'll be back with us this week. I'm sure he's a very valuable coach and, uh, watching this match, you just see so many things he does, right. And, uh, you know, some of the, the, the cute little spots, the, more lucha spots. He does those. Well, we love Dean Malenko in our company. I can tell you that. Well, something else that, that I know you and I love, and I'm sure a lot of the guys in AEW, just in wrestling in particular are loving. Um, well, let me ask you this. I got a question for you, Jim, when it comes to the use of foreign objects and matches like this, it's always, uh, some kind of weapon. How come there's never anything to help a guy recuperate something like a tub of CBD MDs recover topical pain relief formula. That's a good idea. That's a good, that's a good and a very good question. Uh, when, when, uh, when the boys and the ladies figure out what we're selling here, uh, they're going to love this because it's a healthy way to address your pain needs. And there's a lot of bad ways to address pain issues. And this is a good way, a very good way. And it works. Man, I bet Eddie wishes he had something to rub on his elbow in this era. Cause <laughs> right after he debuts with the radicals, just two months prior, he's hurt with this bad elbow and the rest of the radicals are still doing their thing. Of course. And I absolutely love watching Dean stuff. And how about Lita coming off the top? Lita coming off the top with a hurricane runner caught by Eddie. And then he turns that into a power power bomb right there on the outside. Lita's tough. She was tough and, and charismatic. Uh, you know, S.A. Rios, there's nothing wrong with S.A. Rios. He was a very talented young man. Malenko counters, nice pin. Uh, but Lita was a star of that duo. And uh, she took that big bump. Malenko gets a nice win. And Malenko is your new light heavyweight champion. Nice little pin there, but you're exactly right. The, the power bomb on the floor for Lita. Man, they should be stretching her out. This is unbelievable. She's going to get up a little help from SA Rios, but look, she she's, she's selling well. She's selling well. Another look at it. Oh, nice landing. 
So Eddie got her and then he didn't notice that Eddie, when he power bombed her, he didn't power bomb her in a girl style. He power bombed her in a story. Yes, he did. And now, and now you've got a meeting with the acolytes and their, uh, little two handed cigar games. So two handed poker game, playing cigars, having a drink. And there you see, uh, Midian trying to, uh, I guess earn his stripes with APA brings a bucket of beer and the guys are complaining. It's not cold enough. And Midian says, maybe I'll go get colder ice. <laughs> yeah, that probably was a real line. He may have said that. There we are. The shadow of New York city. Shadow ladies, the and shadow was that a Vince McMahon line. He didn't want to say Jersey. He wanted to put over New York. He wanted to put over New York more than anything. I don't think he had an issue with Jersey. Uh, but he was, uh, oh my gosh, Jason Williams of the nets boy. Didn't remember him being there on the front row. He had a bad break in his career. Well, L- literally and figuratively. I th- what's the story on that? I know it was, uh, I mean, did he shoot his limousine driver? I don't know. Did some silly shit. Edge and Christian come to the ring. Great ovation coming through the crowd always works. I think it's a great way to get John Moxie to the ring through that crowd. It's really, really works. Well, my goodness, how much trouble could you get in with Terry? Do you think Terry had a great run there in WWE? She really did. She was a very viable part of any group or faction that she was in. She got it. Uh, she really got it. Uh, and, uh, was a great addition to what we were doing. It just shows that she was small, obviously she has great sex appeal. She had a great look. You know, she used to be my makeup person down in Atlanta for, she was Larry King's makeup person in CNN, uh, among others. And then she was, uh, my makeup person and the other announcers on, on in wrestling. That's how I met her, but she's been in my life for a long time, a real nice lady. And she did a good job. Always for a WWE, no doubt about it. And boy, she had a great look. She had a great look as Midian, uh, is the, I don't know what, what'd you call Midian? Is he a second? Is he a gopher? And here we go. The APA edge and Christian starting out the fight, the match with a, with a fight in the very beginning. It's almost like Midian is their pledge. He wants to join their frat. <laughs> yeah. That's a good word. Pledge. We should mention there's lots of other news going on behind the scenes. We talked a little bit, um, about, uh, what was going on with, with Steve Austin and what was going on with Foley, but another piece of talent regard, and this comes from Dave Meltzer's report. The situation with BB is that she hasn't been fired. Although the odds are that she may be, and she was given the word of that. The storyline situation is that she is out selling the power bomb through the table while the Dudleys. At this point, there are no plans to bring her back. And at this point, she is still getting paid under the guys that she's out selling an angle. But obviously if she isn't brought back, she'll be cut. She was a hire of Terry Taylor, who is no longer with the company. So politically that has worked against her. And the feeling is that her portfolio, AKA modeling shots looked great, but she had no charisma in front of the crowd. And it is true that she's now an item with Bob Holly. And we're told that had nothing to do with her employment status. As if everyone in wrestling who was involved in affairs were let go because of them, the ranks of wrestlers would thin considerably. What was the deal with BB? Just, uh, 
she well, had- first of all, Terry Taylor didn't hire her. I like that they he was he was a point person in bringing her to our attention. Terry Taylor did not hire talent. Uh, look on the contracts. There's one name on those contracts in that era, and, and that was mine. Uh, but it was a team effort. But Terry Taylor did not hire her, and she had his uh, being a, a, in her corner had nothing to do. I think it was a matter that the creative staff just believed that there was just nothing for her that was significant. Uh, that you know, it, but I found Kathy Dingman to be as nice a person as we hired in, in a long time. She did have her, her, uh, I think she was married to Bob Holly at one point in time. Uh, so Bob's a guy I had a great respect for and still do, but Kathy just sometimes, you know, you're the, 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 the bar is set a little bit, a bit high and, and because she had a great look, but she wasn't a wrestler. And that was what we were trying to get that the great looks and the athleticism together. And sometimes folks made that cut and sometimes they didn't. But Kathy Dingman never did anything other than, you know, be decided by the creative staff not to utilize her skills and her look. Well, there you go. Sometimes you just, the, 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 the copywriters just don't have a spot for you. You know, they, they eliminate your character. Well, these uh, acolytes are powerhouses. They would have been really good in the days of like demolition and some of these other great teams because both Ron and, uh, and, uh, Layfield are going, you know, they're, they're both athletic guys, former football players. There's a clothesline from hell and a quick pin. So, you know, I was very abrupt, kind of surprised that edge and Christian lost so abruptly and so cleanly, but it was a way to do it. Now edge and Christian have a little bit of an issue. Here comes Midian. So they can get the baby face and get a, a nice positive end. Double backdrop on the big boy. Midian's a, an accomplished chef now in Florida. That's what I hear. Mm-hmm. You should hire him to come to your house, trying to be a private chef sometime. <laughs> well, I hope he doesn't break out the naked Midian gimmick because I'll pass on that. We don't need that. <laughs> so there's Michael Cole, big show, and Shane back in the locker room area. Notice the casual attire, Cole wearing jeans. Raw shirt. How did that change over the years where would Vince just randomly one day say, God damn pal, we've got, we're going with a youth look, we're, yep. wear, wear jeans next week. Yeah. It, it just, whatever side of the bed he woke up on and, uh, you know, TV deals, new things that started new. There's the mean street posse out of Greenwich, Connecticut. And, uh, what the hell are they doing? This is a great segment here. We're, we're, we're doing the hardcore title. They're attacking crash Ollie. Of course, there's 24 seven rules. There was a repairman working on changing a light bulb. He's down. Baggage Prince claim. Albert's down. Yeah. All at baggage claim. And Pete gas has just got the win over crash. Holly Pete gas is your new hardcore champion. And, uh, he's trying to get his buddy's attention, but before he can crash, Holly hits him with the old school, uh, <laughs> one, two, three crash. Holly has won the belt back, but a little bit of help from his old school scale. He's going to grab his bag and then jump back down baggage claim uh, he's going to hang out with the baggage handlers but he's keeping his belt and now we see michael cole talking to shane and big show they want to talk about the big match tonight it is a retirement match for the rock and uh, if the rock wins he's got his title shot at wrestlemania but if the rock loses he's out of here man it's certainly uh it's funny how having hair affects uh one's appearance and big show looks almost normal almost normal He's huge. 
and he's, and he's been lifting, he's been dieting. I'm proud of him for that. But kind of like he does now, he looks good now. This was in the midst of, of big show, getting a great deal of, of TV time and his push was certainly evident, but I said it then. And I'll say it now. We as a company in WWE overexposed the attraction known as the big show. And, uh, we, we, I think we overexposed him and I think it lessened his value. And that's pretty damn stupid. When you get somebody with that much upside, that unique to lessen their value inadvertently or not, it's just kind of stupid. But now the, the headbangers who came to us through Jim Cornette, I believe, and Michael Cole having a little interview, another underrated tag team, Conrad, these guys could work. These guys could work. Chad and Glenn were good workers. Was it just a bad, uh, not necessarily a bad gimmick, just a dated gimmick that might've been a dated gimmick, but they had a nice run. They made some money Oh yeah. and they got a lot of exposure, a lot of name identity. And then here comes Val Venus, man, Val Venus, Sean Morley out of Canada. At one time, I think, uh, edge was married to his sister. That's right. Uh, but his gimmick was very, uh, attitude era esque. Uh, the women loved it. It was very sexual in presentation. Uh, the big Val Boski and all these little double entendres and him coming out of his towel and the girls screaming and, and maybe some guys screaming. I don't, I don't know, but man, I'll tell you one thing. If you want to Sean's a follow on, uh, on Facebook, unless you, if you don't like politics, you might not want to go there because man, he is a, he's a zealot when it comes to, uh. Uh, talking politics, which I never would have dreamed. He, uh, he recently was, uh, heavily criticized for having an issue with Nyla Rose and AEW. Did you see any of that controversy? Yeah. Stupid. People gotta leave her alone. I was disappointed in that too. It just felt like, it well, it's old school. It's archaic. It's fucking embarrassing. God damn. Well, this guy's too small. This guy's too big. He couldn't win a fight. You know, come on. It's just such bullshit. Picking on talents because of their, either their size or are there, uh, or any other, in the other area of their personal life. Nyla Rose, uh, is a very unique person and, uh, Sean Morley, uh, you know, knocking her just didn't make Sean look good. And I like Sean, but he didn't need to do that. I mean, he's, he just didn't need to do that. It was silly. And it's like with my old friend, Jim Cornette continues to knock, uh, some of the guys at AEW because they're not very big. Well, you know, that's his prerogative. Don't mean he's right. So, uh, we got Val Venus and test the late Andrew Martin against a pretty good team, uh, of, uh, Chris Benoit and, uh, who's his partner. Uh, Chris Benoit is tagging with Perry Saturn. There he is. I don't see Perry. So, uh, Saturn and Benoit, and you see here that, you know, Saturn more than holds up. What a, what a turnbuckle. Yeah. But we should talk about that because Bruce had really high hopes for Saturn. When, when he first comes into the company, he feels like he's got the right size. He's got the right look. He could be a big deal. Of course he too trained with killer Kowalski, much like triple H did. Why don't you think Saturn was more of a hit with the company? Why didn't he have a bigger run? Well, you know, it might just be the fact that, uh, we, we give him too much credit, right? He, Perry did have a great look and Perry was a very solid worker. 
but it stopped with uh, he didn't go. He didn't. He never was going to surpass uh, Chris Benoit or Eddie Guerrero. But I, I'm not denying what Bruce said. You know, he, we did have high hopes for him. But you know, it is he a guy that you're that you're always going to you're going to always put a, a hit third or fourth in the lineup? No, but he's in the lineup. I think that's what Bruce is talking about. There's a nice suplex by Benoit as Eddie makes his appearance again. Eddie looks so good, you know, just, he was healthy. That's at the arm. That's not a big deal. Then Pat Saturn, uh, this is Saturn and Benoit doing basic tag team strategy. Here comes Eddie meandering down the rampway, getting closer and closer to the action. There's Jack Doan. Hadn't heard that name in a while. Jack Doan, the referee did a nice job, but right now the radical team has uh, hit their gear. They're, they're, they're coasting very, very smooth operators. Yeah. I, uh, I was a big fan of, of Saturn and Benoit in this era. Uh, I mean the whole group, uh, Dean and Eddie and everybody, uh, and little did we know that, you know, Eddie and, uh, Benoit in just a, a handful of years are going to be at the top of the mountain. I was a big fan of, of Dean Malenko, uh, especially during his WCW run. And then in 1997, a rather controversial pick pro wrestling illustrated named him the number one in the PWI 500. Did any of the guys that you recall, you know, were, were part of the locker room back in the day, did, was that ever a topic? You know what the PWI 500 had? Oh, I should have been here. Or can you believe they put that guy there? Uh, yeah, a little bit. It wasn't as much as seemingly, uh, the wrestling observer. Right. Uh, annual awards are, to be honest with you, but yeah, it was discussed, especially, uh, depending on who made the cover, right? Uh, everybody wants to be the, on the cover of everything. And here, Andrew, uh, test gets the hot tag and a big athletic guy. He should have, he left us way too soon. His urges, his demons beat him. They beat him and they killed him, but he had a, of all the guys that, uh, left us too early. You know, he would, he had the, some amazing potential Conrad, because he's, he's everything Vince wanted. He was six, six. He was a good looking guy. He had a great body. You know, he was, uh, he had all those attributes and he was quite the ladies man. Not there's anything wrong with that. Now Eddie's up on the apron. This got tattooed by test. Eddie couldn't wait to take some more bumps, even though he was not cleared pump handle slam. But Benoit goes out the back door and Eddie with a shot. Jack Doan didn't see the belt to back suplex and the radicals win one by unscrupulous means with a one, two, three and a heel screw Talk to perfectly you. executed, perfectly done. Do you think Eddie was, was going so hard here? Cause he's out here with uh, fresh off elbow surgery. He's got his arm in a sling, but as you said, he signed enough to take bumps left and right. He's, he's probably trying to overcompensate to not get the dreaded unreliable or fragile or injury prone. So he wants to go out and give a big effort. So he doesn't get one of those, uh, sort of, uh, descriptors attached to his name. So early in his run, probably. Yeah. Yeah. And he old school Conrad. He just didn't like being on the, on the IR. He didn't like getting, drawing his pay and not working. And that's kind of how he perceived being injured. That's why he wanted to do, he was always on the road. He didn't stay home. He was on the road with the guys. Uh, we used him where we could 
on television, like that last finish was very well done. It beat the baby faces. It got the, uh, the, the radicals, a nice victory, uh, but it didn't kill the baby faces, but it was a nice victory by one, two, three, just by some unscrupulous means of the, the cheap shot by Eddie, uh, with that belt. We should mention, uh, part of the, the twist for tonight's main event is if any member of the coalition, which is the triple H Stephanie Shane McMahon faction, if anyone in that group interferes, then the rock automatically wins against his world title shot at WrestleMania. So Shane McMahon's workaround is okay. Well, I'm your referee. He's going to unzip his jacket and reveal that he is going to be the special guest referee for this match. He's the, uh, shooed uh, Earl Hebner away. And now Shane taking his uh, jacket off as uh, Conrad described. And, uh, the only difference in his referee shirt and his daddy's is that Vince always had the sleeves cut out of his shirts. Shane did not. So now we've got big pyro again. Uh, and it's the big show who got his name. I think it's the big show got his name from Shane. I think he also, Shane also named diesel, Kevin Nash diesel. And there's big show kind of lumbering around Lawler and me at ringside. The big chair shot to no avail, but made a lot of noise, which is what it was intended to do. And, uh, Shane unarms the rock from hitting the big show with the, in the face with the steel chair. So they're still battling on the outside yet to find a wrestling hold. It's just a brawl. It's just a fight. So, uh, rock just sent big show to the steps. He looked like a giant cow on ice. He, <laughs> he meaning the big show. Well, I mean, you know, you got two steps there. It's kind of short, short notice to get him to move into the. There we are. They're on our table and I'm backing away like a scalded dog. Lawler's got his, uh, Elton John jacket on a cow on ice. That's clumsy. Uh, but I love the fact big shows looking as good as he is to sent the rock for the ride to the, to the barricade. They're still outside the ring. Ladies and gentlemen, it's just, they're still out there doing their thing. And rock is selling. He's in jeopardy. His career is on the line. WrestleMania main event slot is at stake. All the great story points that you want to tell uh, have been laid out for us to put the baby face in jeopardy as, uh, the, the rock, the great one is now thrown back into the ring where big show hopes at this point in time, he should be able to put the, put the rock away, but wait, there'll be more. It's pretty remarkable, you know, that that we're just three weeks out from WrestleMania and we don't necessarily have the main, the main event, event mapped out yet. And yeah. you know, it's still That's hard to believe is here. It is in an old school way. You would have known the, the WrestleMania main event for months, but we're just weeks away here and, and we don't know yet. I think WrestleMania is great of event as it is. And I truly love being a part of it all those years. Uh, I think the brand, the title is bigger than any match that they can sign right now. Yes, sir. It, it's WrestleMania. And that speaks words that are, you know, they're, they're a big show slamming a rock on our table. The table must have been reinforced that night because it generally would implode. The King wearing all red to your point she, about the, the, the name being bigger. Do you think that fans 
are just, they just know all the big stars are going to be here and the, the scale and scope of the set and the pyro and the entrances. And they just know it's going to be quote unquote big. And that's really the only assurance they need in order for the show to be successful. Yeah. They know it's going to be an historic, uh, a moment. It's going to be a, a memory that they won't soon forget. Uh, and the atmosphere and the stadium, you know, you gotta, you know, I, I always take for granted because I've called a lot of matches at, in stadium shows and, uh, they're all, you know, the first one I can remember was WrestleMania 17 in the Astrodome. And I, I was just amazed at the difference in how you feel when you're in that, uh, that spacious an area with people surrounding you everywhere in the outfield, center field, right field, whatever, everybody, people everywhere. So as big show goes through a cover rock, able to kick out, uh, you can almost tell these guys are going to kick out because the covers are normally lax. Uh, and the guys are protecting themselves because, you know, there's some logic flawed as it were that you don't want somebody to kick out of your best cover. I think that's stupid. You, you know, it, it just, it's so egocentric and so weak. Then a sidewalk slam by a big show using all this power stuff and rock still on a heavy sell. Who says you can't get over selling, right? It's such an int- integral part of the process, uh, of, uh, of wrestling. And the rock staggers back up and big shows waiting seven feet tall, 400 pounds. And right in the, between the seven and 10, right in the manscaped area when a big kick and then Shane now gets uh, inadvertently clotheslined over the top rope and gasp. There's no referee, Conrad. There's no referee. Nice. The double leg pickup rock is starting to build the momentum. We're getting, we're going home here. He's building momentum. He's looking for the people's elbow as the King would screech the most electrifying move in sports entertainment. Hooks the leg and there's nobody there to count. Damn it. There's no one to count Conrad. Well, here we a go. Chest, a crest, a chest falling. There's Hebner. Uh, and here comes Earl back after being, uh, admonished earlier and, and taken out. And then Shane as Earl's about to count to three. Shane pulls Earl out of the ring and commences to whip with his ass. So Earl Hebner gets woodshedded. He can't see what's going on. And now Shane with a chair hits rock right between the eyes. But. A limousine is pulled up backstage. What in the world could this be? Who is it? It can't be. Is it? Yes, it is. I'm Vince McMahon. I'm here to save the day. And you want to talk about a hero's welcome. Big reaction inside the arena. Fans are going nuts. Triple H and Stephanie get up off the couch backstage. They're stomping to confront Vince. I'm going to play the audio when they actually meet face to face Hunter and Vince here. Shane sees on the big Titan Tron. His mouth is a gape. Here we go. There's Triple H. Gets his son-in-law. Gets a right hand. Oh, what a working punch. And the crowd blew up for it. They're going to hit Vince's music as he walks towards the gorilla position. And there man, you see the sign. There you see the sign gorilla position. When he starts to, uh, sashay down this ramp, man. The fans are going to go nuts. They're going to go banana. Please. We hear the music. Shane is, uh, trying to talk coherency into the victims in the ring. And here comes daddy. 
Big ovation, big pop. Vince walking with a purpose. It's pretty remarkable the 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 pop he gets, and he's going to get in here and take his time. Look at that face, Conrad. Look at the old man's face. Oh, a right hand and a great bump by Shane. Now McMahon's got the chair. Boom! Hits his own prodigal son right between the eyes and scrambles his brains. Crowd going gaga. And now McMahon is, as St. Shane's seated, he's got the referee shirt in his hand. He rips off his jacket to display that magnificent physique by God. And here he goes, Conrad. He kind of looks like you in the morning, all jacked up, <laughs> veiny, abs. Here's a, the cover by Brock, little, little spine on the pine. McMahon slams the shirt right back in Shane's face. The rock wins the match. And guess where we're going? The rock was going to WrestleMania and we've really started to set the stage for a McMahon in every corner. Of course we know. Shane is going to be in the corner of the big show. And we know that Stephanie is going to be in the corner of triple H. Well, now it looks like Vince is going to be in the corner of the rock. And, uh, soon enough, we'll add one more person and there's still one McMahon left. It'll be Linda McMahon presenting mankind Mick Foley. So we've still got a lot of meat on the bone as we march towards our build of WrestleMania 2000. And we're just about three weeks out here. And the stage is set, at least for The Rock. And by the way, it's worth mentioning, the Monday Night War, while it still technically may be a thing, it's not really. Nitro this night got a 2.6. Raw got a 6.3. Wow. A 6.3 rating. And I guess those announcers weren't that Southern and old school after all. But nonetheless, (laughs) I digress. Uh, The one thing I noticed, the big WrestleMania sign that everybody points at had not been incorporated yet. That's right. On that show, so... It's pretty cool, but it's fun going back and watching the, uh, watching the show. And, uh, I, I just, uh, all those memories, you know, Patterson and Briscoe being there and how big they were in their, in their roles as Mr. McMahon stooges, Mr. McMahon. Uh, I love that Pat, please. Well, next week we're doing something totally different here on the show. We're going to get in our way back machine. For March 27th, 1988 clash of the champions, one Greensboro Coliseum in North Carolina, there's 6,000 fans on hand. And we'll check out Mike Rotunda taking on Jimmy Garvin, the midnight express working with the fantastics. We've also got the road warriors and the powers of pain. Then Lex Luger will team up with Barry Windham to take on Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard for the tag titles. And then in the main event for the world heavyweight championship, it's Ric Flair defending against sting. And what's called a time limit draw, uh, it, it essentially puts sting on the map. And I think this is one of the first times that both you and Tony were on the call together, right? Yeah, it was. And it, dusty Rhodes was the, uh, architect behind that. Tony and I both were known as play by play guys, the lead guys. And, uh, uh, dusty wanted Tony and Jimmy Crockett wanted Tony and I to work together to kind of give it a new sound, a new look, you know, uh, freshen the, 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 uh, procedure up a little bit with the two of us. So, uh, uh, and I, and I said to Tony and, you know, I'm sure he'd probably remember this. I said, Tony, you do the lead. You stay, you stay in the lead on TBS cause you've been on TBS longer than me. I'll be your color guy. And I had no problem doing it and enjoyed it. So, uh, two, we had to work on our timing 
but I love the fact that I got the opportunity to do that show in a little different role. It was the first time I was ever in the, in the Greensboro Coliseum, you know, the place that Michael Jordan had, you know, done so many wonderful things in the ACC tournament over the years. So it was a big thing for me being a wrestling fan. And I always looked at Conrad kind of like, and this may be silly, uh, but I always looked at the Coliseum in Greensboro, kind of like the Madison Square Garden of the South. Somebody said, well, that was the Omni. Well, maybe it was, but you can't take the Greensboro Coliseum out of the conversation of major shows and major events in their venue over the years. Cause Lord knows they had plenty of them. I think that's where you'll find that Tony Schiavone became a major wrestling fan by coming over from Virginia and going up and watching, uh, 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 uh Jim Crockett matches, NWA matches, uh, at the Coliseum. So it was a big night for all of us. I'm looking forward to going back and watching it, uh, again in its entirety, some real good sleeper matches. Uh, Flair and sting was the highlight. Obviously they went 45 minutes. We had judges, which I didn't think we needed. I thought that took away from it. Uh, but in any event, uh, it was a fun, fun night. And one that I, uh, relish as being very proud to be a part of. Well, if you have a question for clash of the champions, one, you can ask it right now at Jr. grilling on Twitter. Let's pull out your Twitter app. Look for at Jr. grilling should be pinned near the top and you'll be able to ask a question about clash of the champions and, uh, be sure, be sure to tune in next week. Clash of the champions. One man, we're going all the way from 2000 this week back to 1988. Go watch it this week. We'll break it down next week in long form. And of course, we'll talk about that stellar main event that made the man called sting all that. And a lot more coming up. Uh, once we get that one in our rear view mirror, we've got WrestleMania nine, WrestleMania 2000 clash of the champion six, Vicky Guerrero, John Cena and backlash 2000 all on tap. And it's all happening right here on Westwood one each and every Thursday grilling Jr. with the voice of wrestling. Mr. Jim Ross. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on a sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.